Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to the Talking Grammar Podcast. We're on episode 54 now of this podcast, and as I record this intro on Monday, November 14th, the UNM Lobo basketball team that I cover is sitting at 2-0 after the first week of the college basketball season. They had wins over Southern Utah and South Alabama. I do think that both of those teams are, are, are going to be decent teams in their leagues. Remember, there's 363 Division I basketball teams. So when I think uh, look at like the Ken Palm rankings, for instance, and see Southern Utah ranked at about right in the middle of the pack. They're 160, in the 160 to 170 range. I think South Alabama is rated below that right now, but they had a, a roster full of transfers, so their preseason ranking is going to be pretty low. I think by the end of the year, that South Alabama win is going to look pretty good for the Lobos because I think they're going to be in contention to win their conference, and that's the, the Sun Belt Conference. So I do think those are going to end up looking like two solid wins, the South Alabama one on Friday night in particular. But for now, 2-0. You can't, you can't argue too much with 2-0, but it's clear the Lobos have some work to do. They... They have two new pieces that are playing key roles in Josiah Alec and Morris Daisy, and those two guys kind of getting integrated into the offense and defense, frankly, and everyone learning to play with each other is uh, it's going to take a little bit of time, but the trajectory is is upward. They are a team that by no means is a finished product, but nobody's going to be a finished product the first week of the season, especially in this era of the transfer portal. And sitting at 2-0 is a whole lot better than a couple of their Mountain West brethren already have have gotten knocked off at home. Last week, Boise State lost a home game to South Dakota State. And Sunday, Wyoming, the preseason number two, who in the preseason was receiving votes in the AP Top 25 poll, they were 21.5 point favorites, 21 and a half point favorites at home against Southeastern Louisiana, and they lost in Laramie. So you uh, you can get picked off in these early games if, if you're not careful. And the Lobos managed to go 2-0 against two pretty good teams, and, and frankly, I I don't know how good Southeastern Louisiana is going to end up being. They lost two days prior to Colorado State, but it's worth noting Colorado State is without their best player, Isaiah Stevens, ended up beating that same team by 11. Wyoming's without one of their two best players, the preseason Mountain West player of the year, Graham E.K. at center, um, and they end up losing that game as 21.5-point favorites. So you can lose these early season games if you're not careful, as a couple Mountain West schools have have already shown so nothing to nothing to complain about too much if you're a Lobo fan in my mind going 2 and 0 against two decent teams again not great but two decent teams and one of those wins I think will look pretty good by the end of the year anyway this podcast isn't about this year's Lobo basketball team as much as it is about sort of the yesteryear Lobos of about a decade ago when when things were really rolling and they were a nationally ranked team winning Mountain West championships um, they were going to the NCAA tournament on a regular basis. This this podcast is a conversation with one of those players on those programs that, that this year's Lobos are trying to get back to. And my conversation today was with Cameron Berstow, former Lobo basketball player who was the second-round draft pick of the Chicago Bulls. He he was part of the, the glory years of, of a decade ago under both Steve Alford and then the first season, anyway, of Craig Neal. And uh, that was the last time the Lobos went to an NCAA tournament was when Cameron Berstow was a senior, along with Kendall Williams, who was a senior that year. Alex Kirk was a senior that year. Hugh Greenwood was um, a junior on that team and and played one more year under Craig Neal. But Cameron Berstow went on to a couple of years in the NBA. He also had a, a highly successful international career, both with the Boomers, the Australian national team. And he played in Lithuania and in Australia, but injuries really took 
took their toll on, on Cam. So I talked with Cam recently for this podcast to catch up with not only how his pro career went, but what in what went into his recent decision to retire. For those that don't know, Cameron Barristow did retire this offseason from from basketball due to injuries. And we talk about that a little bit, talk about what's next in his career, which is he's a sports agent. He's going into uh, things. He has a lot of valuable information that can help people. And his next uh, chapter isn't away from basketball. It's away from playing, but he's going to be a sports agent. So I wish Cam all the best of luck with that. I talked to him. He's in Australia. We did a a video conference uh, recording of this, and uh, I appreciate him for taking the time to do that. We also talk about he is going to make a visit to the United States during this upcoming season. Hopefully he's going to get to a, a game in the pit, but he's also going to watch his younger brother, Sean Barristow, who's a senior at Utah State. I really liked and appreciated Cam's perspective on you know being there for his brother, obviously, in in any way he can, just as a brother, but also he's kind of gone through this. He 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 was the freshman at a Mountain West school that didn't get a whole lot of play, and then started building up towards the end. And by your senior year, you're you're in a, a lead role, just like Sean Berstow is at Utah State. And I, I think his walking down the same path as as his older brother is interesting. And while a lot of Lobo fans wish Sean Berstow had come to UNM. And I, I do think that, frankly, UNM just didn't recruit him the, the way that, you know, they they probably could have and probably should have. Uh, it, it does work out probably for the best. And, and Cameron kind of touches on that. Maybe it's best that Sean Berstow went to Utah State and made a name for himself rather than coming to UNM and spending a college career being Cameron Berstow's little brother. He's now Sean Berstow at, at Utah State, and he's uh, the, the lead dog there. So, it's it's been fun to watch Sean grow up. It's, it was really fun listening to Cam talk about his brother and the perspective he brings with that. So fun conversation with Cameron Barristow. Hope you guys are enjoying. Hope you enjoy this conversation that you're about to listen to. But I also hope you enjoy all these podcasts. They're all posted on abqjournal.com/sports. You can find the podcast there. You can find them on iTunes, on Spotify, and on SoundCloud. If you have any suggestions, any thoughts, any any feedback, any questions you want me to ask future future guest, reach out to me. I'm on Twitter, at Jeff Grammer. You can get me anytime. You can email me, ggrammer at abqjournal.com. Let me know. Let my bosses know what you think. Rate and subscribe. Every time I drop a new podcast, if you subscribe on one of those channels, iTunes, um, Spotify, etc., if, if you rate and subscribe, podcast automatically shows up on your device, on your listening device, and lets you know when there's a new a new episode. So you don't even have to hear about it and either read about it in the paper when I write a story about these podcasts, see it on the website, or see it on social media when I push these out, you automatically get it in your uh, in your devices, loaded up, ready to go when they drop. So hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts. Again, let me know. Let my bosses know what you think about them. They're going to keep coming. The college basketball season is here. Every Monday night, I'll be dropping a new podcast. Appreciate you for listening. Hope you enjoy this conversation with former Lobo basketball player, Cameron Berstow. I want people here in Albuquerque that listen to this podcast to sort of uh, sort of catch up with what you've been doing and also learn about what's next for you because I know you got some exciting stuff. First things first, man. How, how are you feeling, Cam? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Thanks, Jeff. It's uh, yeah, basically just since I uh, left Albuquerque, been playing professionally around the world, and that was you know good, good, good experience. Obviously, plenty of ups and downs. Had a bunch of injuries, which were unfortunate, but you know really privileged to. I've uh, been able to play as long as I did and, and, you know, continue to play after college and, um, 
and whatnot. And and so now it's obviously, you know, getting used to as, as any, you know, former athlete getting used to a new transition and stuff. But uh, excited, definitely excited to hopefully uh, come visit the school again and get reacquainted with everyone and and definitely catch a Lobo game for the first time in a while. So, so you do plan on getting back to Albuquerque at some point during uh, a, an upcoming trip that you're going to be doing this, uh, I guess, this winter, fall, I guess, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I just went to the Perth consulate, uh, U.S. consulate, actually, to get my visa. So, yeah, the plan will be to be over there. Obviously, my younger brother's playing for Utah State, and he'll he's a senior, so, you know, I'd love to catch his senior night. But, you know, would would love to, you know, just – see uh, you know it's been years since i've been in albuquerque but get back around the community see a game and and see what it's all about again um i i guess before we kind of take the total trip down memory lane and maybe some memories of albuquerque in the pit and all that kind of stuff i i do want to start with uh how the basketball playing career ended what uh who were you playing for most recently and mm. and what exactly led to the decision and kind of catch us up i guess on the injuries and sort of the decision to uh to retire ultimately yeah so my most recent uh season was in uh adelaide in australia and basically i i you know just pretty yeah pretty shortly after i kind of left college i started to you know just you know have some injury problems it was really like after i after i left the bulls actually was when it really started and just uh the a variety of things around you know you, you can pretty much name it um but you know my, doing my acl was was a big one and uh you know had you know a dislocated shoulder and some you know hip issues and and whatnot but um basically the the thing that really ended it was i basically had a arthritic uh you know a, a worn joint in uh my midfoot and you know that was just at the stage where it you know couldn't handle the load of playing and whatnot and so it was constantly you know in pain with that and that was really um a grind for the for a, for a number of years which I, i'd just continue to push through but you know it gets to the point where you know you're weighing out the pros and cons of playing and, and how much you're enjoying it and and definitely it was uh wearing on me a bit mentally to continue to play with you know pain and whatnot and so uh that that's what really led to the decision was just um yeah, it was it was time to, you know, move on, unfortunately, which, you know, as I said, yeah, it is unfortunate because, you know, I really, you know, still love playing. I still enjoyed it. And if, if my body was healthy, I definitely would be continue to do so. But it was just one of those things that, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, wasn't able to continue to do. Well, it wasn't, it sounds like, especially there at the end, it, it wasn't something that was going to go away. It was at this point, you know, yeah. there, there's some injuries you heal from and move on. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, it seemed like your body was just kind of at a point where it wasn't going to get better. So it's either figure out how to keep doing it this way or or yeah. uh, kind of move on to the next chapter. And I guess the next chapter is sort of what you're, you're deciding. And, and obviously, there's a lot of decisions that go into it beyond just like physical or mental personal decisions like you got some family and friends and people around you that you got to start um think making some decisions about too i i do wonder what is uh what's next for cameron barristow yeah so basically I, i'm starting um you know a sports agency and you know would like love to stay basically just want to stay involved with basketball you know i love basketball i think i you know understand the game relatively well i think i had you know a bunch of learning experiences if you know, I could go back, I would have done differently. And which I think, you know, you know, can be helpful to, you know, pass those lessons on. But, you know, I think, 
you know, I, it is something that, you know, I, I'm enjoying so far, um, you know, a way to stay involved with high level sports and, and, you know, stay involved with the game and whatnot. And so I'll be, I'll be, you know, doing that as the the next step. And then, yeah, just like, like anything new, like have to, you know, start at the bottom and work your way up. So, well, I'm curious, like you, you are working with someone, are you with an agency right now? Or- uh, basically, yeah. Starting my own with, um, you know, one of my friends and, you know, some, uh, you know, former mentors and staff who will be partly involved. But, yeah, okay. basically just doing it that way because, you know, would love because, um, you know, I had experiences, you know, with myself and sure. my teammates and their their experiences with agents. And so, you know, it's definitely something that I think, um, you know, can be done right. But I think a lot of it isn't done right, um, you know, ethically or, or from, from a player's perspective. And so would rather, you know, start selling myself, which I can control. And even if it's small or even if it's just a part time thing, you know, for the players that I do have, you know, do it the right way. And And to be clear, I mean, th- this might just be kind of some of my ignorance showing we're just talking like professional athletes or is there is there more to sports agency than just representing pro players and and coaches yeah i mean you can do it in a number of ways you know there's no real agent playbook so to speak you know there's uh, a vast way that different agents do it and and whatnot but for me personally i just want to stick with uh basketball and and it'll be you know primarily just professionals is is where I'll be, I'll be sticking. So you, uh, obviously right now you're, you're back home. You, uh, in Australia anyway, are are you home? Where are you right now? I don't know where I'm talking to you from. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Adelaide right now. Um, yeah. Canberra tonight, but yeah, just traveling around Australia, um, at at the moment. Are you, are you getting to do a little, I mean, is the travel, is it business or, or are you getting to do some personal stuff? Are you getting to kind of spend a little time just doing stuff that isn't related to, uh, somebody else's schedule, I guess. Yeah, you can do a bit of both, but you know, a lot of this is yeah, business travel and whatnot, and um, yeah, connecting with people and, and learning, you know, more about. Obviously, as a player, you've got a certain perspective of how things work, which is uh, yeah, I guess just one perspective, and not uh, to to see a bit more of the behind the scenes stuff and, and yeah. talking to people about that and learning more about that side of things is about how yeah, I guess different parts of the industry work and. A, a, yeah, a lot of around that is just like learning and, uh, you know, obviously connecting with people is the primarily uh, role of an agent is, you know, connecting players with teams, uh, teams with players, whatnot. Are you, you plan to continue doing that based in Australia? Yeah, yeah, I've got no problem doing it wherever. I think that's one of the advantages of this is it gives you a bit of freedom to, you know, do it wherever you want. But um yeah, I think, you know, based in Australia and and maybe uh, we'll spend some time in Europe over the next couple of years and, and building connections there as well. Where all did you play other than Australia? Um, obviously, the Bulls we know about and, and we know about yeah. Australia at the end, but you you had some some uh, teams in Europe or at least one I'm, I'm aware of. Where, where all did you play in Europe? Yeah, I played in Lithuania and in Lithuania, we played in the Lithuanian League and the, and the Euro Cup. So, you know, traveled around Europe and, you know, obviously with the national team, spent a good deal of time, you know, traveling around the world and, and doing that. So have a pretty good understanding of, you know, different styles of plays, different leagues and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, as I said, which gives you a bit of a, a head start on it all because uh, I, I think all that stuff is very important. Like from American perspective, obviously, you know, you've got the NBA, but then uh, from international basketball, you've got a variety of 
situations, leagues, living situations, cultures, and everything uh, to to get across. Yeah, there's a there's a whole level of and, and you know, look, I cover the Mountain West, and a lot of people that are going to be listening to this are are Lobo fans that are following the Mountain West. A handful, um, not even a handful, really, one or two a year, maybe go on to the NBA, and people maybe forget about the rest of it. The the reality is. There's dozens of, of Mountain West players that can graduate in a year that can play somewhere. And yeah. depending on the level, um, obviously agents like you that have kind of been through it can help them navigate the right situations. Cause it, it can, there, there can be some horror stories in, in some of the, the yeah. leagues over there from what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, yeah, I, I think this is where I can provide a bit more value than, you know, the average agent and, and especially the average us agent in terms of, a lot of them, you know, are focused on NBA guys, which is great and understanding, you know, the NBA game and whatnot. But I think you really have to be plugged into, you know, the different leagues that you're working with to really understand what it's like, you know, because as a player, you're going there, you know, you're going there for 10 months, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a long season and, you know, each club, diff- each club runs differently, each league is run differently. And as you said, you know, it, it can vary very widely from, um, you know the situation that you get yourself into and from the from the high clubs to the low clubs and everything in between in terms of you know living standards in terms of professionalism getting paid on time and everything so i think i think it that is where you know i can find a niche and provide value for sure what are some of your memories good good or bad just kind of notable memories i guess playing both in lithuania and in australia and and and, and i guess with the bulls too obviously i i think um that was at the front end of the professional career, of course. But like, what are some of the uh, the highlights and, and maybe lowlights, or just kind of notable memories that you have from your playing career after the Lobo time? Yeah, yeah, really. Um, yeah, it was it was an interesting career um, in in a lot of ways because you know going straight to the NBA was, um, I guess, you know, and I think this happens to a lot of kids for sure. Is that if you're going to a you know, we weren't a high major school in Mexico, but we got looked after extremely yeah. well, right? Like we, you know, stayed at the best places, ate all the best food, um, everything was done for you uh, from washing, everything like that. And then I went to the Bulls and it was, you know, that on steroids. And then, you know, when you when you do go overseas, um, you know, yeah. from a money perspective and from, you know, uh, to having to do things yourself perspective, I think that's where, um, you know, it was definitely an adjustment, and I think is where a lot of guys struggle. Uh, you know, f- from from that, but y- you know the the experience. You know, definitely my experiences. You know, playing international basketball. You know, at high levels, whether that's you know World Championships, Olympic Games. Um, you know, Euro Cup. You know, playing at those levels really uh, was what were a lot of the highlights for me because you know you're playing against you know some of the best players in the world sure. in uh, you know, from my perspective, I've, I've always enjoyed, you know, international basketball a lot more than, you know, the NBA basketball, which is, you know, call it what it is. It's, you know, ent- about entertainment as opposed to, I think, you know, the rules around the game and the structure of the game, I think in the international is one probably just more suited to me as, as a player. Um, but also I think, uh, yeah, it's a bit more pure from just a, a basketball perspective of, you know, teamwork and offenses and defensive and playing a bit of a game of chess, I think. And so all, all that stuff was just, yeah, some of the highlights. And, and you know, you can throw one in there, like, um, you know, even though Team USA, you know, was 
playing, you know, with a bunch of NBA players, you know, playing them at an international stage, you know, at the Olympics was was awesome because you're playing against the best players in the world at, in a, at a level which, you know, and competing with them and, you know, in, in a, in a, in a, at a level or a style of play that's familiar to you, which was the Australian style of play. So like stuff like that was, yeah, really, really cool. Obviously the, some of the, the relationships you make um, on the Olympic team uh, playing for your country and internationally, th- those are just like anybody else. You know, you, you meet people along the way that become lifelong friends. I do want to ask you about some of the people though you met here at UNM uh, here in Albuquerque yeah. and how, how much you're able to stay in touch with, with some of them um yeah. the the obvious questions that i think some people would have are are people like alex kirk who, who's still playing people like you who, who's in a whole different sport and you know yeah. who, who else maybe have you through the years been able to stay in touch with on any kind of level from those from those lobo days yeah alex is a big one um you know went to his wedding recently and we'll actually visit him in in japan in a couple of weeks time uh, and then, you know, a couple of the student managers from UNM, uh, you know, still, you know, close with and talk to on a regular basis. Uh, but, you know, it, it is something that is, you know, as you, you know, as a professional athlete and, and, you know, you just get used to each year, you know, being, you know, with a gr- brand new group of guys, you know, it's not yeah. like college where you're with them for a long period of time. And so you get used to, I guess, like just being in different situations and working with different people, but, you know, um, you know, those are the main ones, but I am, I am excited to, you know, when I am back, you know, you know, rekindle a lot of those friendships, a lot of those relationships of, you know, people I haven't seen in a long time, but, you know, were, you know, very important to me, you know, during my college years and, and development. Were you able to ever cross paths with McWatch Malwatch? I think people might assume you have, but I mean, the, the, the timelines didn't exactly overlap. So have you ever met McWatch Malwatch? No, I haven't. Um, but you know, I heard great things about him, yeah. and um, yeah, obviously watched him, you know, play at UNM and, and have a great career there. Uh, and he's currently playing in a team in Melbourne right now, um, and he's yeah doing well for for the opportunities he does he does get. He's doing really well, so you know, ho- hopefully one day. Good, good. Um, yeah, good guy too. Good, good representation of of the school and and everybody. But um. I, I am going to ask you now about somebody you didn't play with, but somebody that you worked with a little bit and uh, was on the staff back in your Lobo days, and that's Brandon Mason. You stay in, yeah, yeah. in touch at all with B Mace? Yeah, yeah. I was just yeah texting him today actually, but <laughs> yeah, no, he's yeah he's always you know B Mace is always a great time and you know a good guy and to yeah he's you know obviously doing a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, it's you know, academy here. School. Yeah. Yeah, with prep school. And so, you know, there's opportunities there in terms of, you know, a lot of Aussies, um, you know, to to get a chance and, and get recruited better and do stuff like that. So, yeah, keeping in touch with him around all that stuff. But, um, yeah. I don't think it would surprise you to know that in his gym right now where, where they have the prep school, there is yeah. one huge photo up on the wall in the yeah. gym. Um, yeah. And it's him. It's not one of the players. It's not a team photo. There's one yeah. huge photo up. Of Brandon Mason and and I uh, I give him, I give him hell about that every time I see yeah, him because yeah. um, it is very uh, and he sit and he, every time he has somebody over in the gym that he takes a picture with and poses with he does it in front of the picture of himself. Oh my god! So um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I am curious if uh, TBT is something that you would ever consider the uh, the basketball tournament and um, I don't know if you can the, if the retirement is permanent for basketball or if 
in short stints, like maybe a summer basketball tournament, the basketball tournament that they have here in the United States, uh, if you would ever consider something like that? Uh, yeah, I think it's tough. Like for me, and, and that, that was one of the reasons too, for a bit of retirement. Like for me, I never really just, you know, played to play or play for fun. It was like, you know, trying to be the best I can be and whatnot. And to just simply, you know, get to the point where I can play, it would be, you know, months of preparation and whatnot to get my body to that point. And so, you know, for me, it was, it was kind of, you know, like that. It was like, you know, you can do that you know, casually. Um, but for me, it was just like, yeah. It, but that's what I was going to say. That's what makes the decision so hard sometimes is because it's, yeah. it's not just a, for, for some people in the way you approach the game, you, you only knew it one way. And, and the way yeah. you approached it, it, it wasn't a, I could just pick up a, you know, yeah. go lace them up and play at that high yeah. level. Um, so I, I am curious, you're going to be traveling here uh, to the United States during this, ba- this upcoming basketball season. Um, I want to ask you about Sean. Sean is a guy that I've seen now from from afar um, kind of grow up into a pretty damn good basketball player himself. And, and you know, certainly I, I wouldn't have had any idea back when I first met him one time when he was visiting Albuquerque, you know, with your family, I yeah, think yeah. your senior year. I, I would have never known. But even yeah. when he went to Utah State and I knew that, you know, UNM, everybody would have loved him at UNM. I, I imagine, frankly, and I'll say it, I won't put words in his mouth or yours, but I imagine that they, you guys may have been more interested than, than UNM. I, th- I think it was a, a real, I don't know if I'd say a drop of the ball by UNM, but I, I wish UNM would have pursued it a little more. And um, yeah. that's me talking, of course. But yeah. he's he's carved out one heck of a niche for himself there at Utah State, and, and he's really become a, a great player up there, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think... Like, like you said, it's just, um, you know, about him, you know, carving out, you know, a role and whatnot, because, you know, he was, you know, similar to myself, wasn't a high, you know, recruit, but has, you know, done a hell of a job, you know, continue to work, continue to push. And like a lot of kids, you know, going through the tough times of not playing much as a freshman, coming back the next the next year, you know, not really playing that much, but, you know, sticking it out, going through the tough times. And, you know, now being rewarded with, you know, real minutes uh, at a good school and a good community. And so, you know, he's really enjoying. I'm glad, you know, that he was able to, you know, be in the Mountain West, um, you know, which is familiar to him. And, and, and yeah. you know, disappointed that he's not going to ha- have a game of the pit this year. Oh, but, that, that drove me crazy when the schedule came yeah. out. Like, I, I, it doesn't matter who on the whole schedule it would have been. There's, that, there's just like one storyline that it could have been kind of interesting. And that was the yeah. one because – you know, one yeah. one final uh, Bearstow yeah. game in the pit in in a time when you might be here. Um, yeah. That that was pretty frustrating. Yeah, so. yeah, but hopefully there's a matchup in uh, in the conference championship or something like that. That that would be pretty cool. How about nineteen and six? I think, or was it nineteen and eight? Maybe nineteen and six in the opener last week. Like he's uh, like I said, he's. I, I remember after last year's game in Logan. I I don't even know if he has any idea really who I am, but I, I've kind of waved him over on the side of the court and just told him it's been fun watching him kind of become what he's yeah. become. And, and it yeah. is a, it is, you know, it is Sean Bearstow, not Cam Bearstow's brother. He's yeah, yeah, become yeah. his own guy and it's been yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. And I think, I think that's probably a good thing too. Like, you know, if he had gone to UNM, then, you know, it would have been a, a lot like that. I think, um, you know, around comparisons and, and, and whatnot. And uh, I, I think it was good that he was able to, 
you know, do his own thing and develop into because he's a very different player. Like clearly, you know, a different position and different. He, he won. Set. He won their preseason dunk contest a couple years ago, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if yeah. Cameron Barristow ever won the the Lobos dunk contest. You, yeah. I know you could dunk, but did you ever win? Yeah. Were you ever winning dunk contests with the players with the teammates? Yeah, I think by default. I think in the junior season, everyone missed their dunks, and I was the only one that put it in. Did so. you? All right. <laughs> Yeah. I, I will say I remember some kind of ugly dunk contests at some of those cherries yeah. or the Lobo Howls because uh, everyone is missing. So yeah, that was one of those. Yeah. All right. Um, obviously, you you're going to get a chance to see him play. How often do you and him talk? And when you do, are you guys in a, a phase where you talk much about basketball and his development, or or do you try and sometimes people may not want that and may just want to talk to their brother and hey, what what else can we talk about besides basketball? How do you and him kind of communicate with that stuff right now? Yeah, no, we definitely talk more now that, you know, I'm I'm retired, definitely. You know, as a player, you're just focused on yourself, but now, you know, have more time to, you know, spend on him and, and, and everyone's career type of thing. But, you know, I think mainly it's just like, you know, there's a lot of basketball stuff, but a lot of stuff just around, you know, handling it all around, you know, you know, everything that you go through, everything that, you know, isn't, skill related and on the court related that you know you go through as, as a basketball player which i think you know again i think i can you know help other players with in, in understanding that but you know to, to be fair i think he you know is definitely getting it himself right he's, he's yeah. as i said he's gone through a lot of it already in terms of going to a new country in terms of going to where you know there's a massive stadium with people around and you've got to go out and perform every night so i think you know, to be fair, he's, you know, worked out on himself a lot and will continue to to get better, you know, with that all. But it's just, you know, what, whatever, you know, he needs or he's struggling with. Yeah, I definitely am, am yeah, available and love to love to help out. All right. Let's sort of uh, head towards wrapping this up with one uh, one memory or something you have of maybe playing in the pit. Um, the, the pit, you know, you, you probably kind of know this a little bit not from having been here, but it's not what it was. They're not selling yeah. out every night. Um, it's not exactly yeah. dead either, though. I think there's some yeah. people that want to say, it's oh, man, it's not like it once was. It's still one of the best out West. It's it's not yeah. what Gonzaga is. It's not what San Diego State right now is a little better. And, and Logan, yeah. when they're winning, they can be better. But, like, the, the pit's a, still a pretty special place. Do you have a memory of, of maybe the pit? Or, or are you looking yeah. forward to the pit and, uh, because yeah. of some game you were in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the clearest memory, I mean, there's plenty of memories. Like, And, and that's, I think, something, you know, uh, yeah, definitely my, me, myself, but I don't think anyone really appreciates. Like, that was, to this day, the greatest environment I've, I've played, you know, in really? something like Pitt, you know, like, you know, and but like the clearest memory, you know, in, in my mind is uh, there was a play, I think we're playing um, San Diego State, or it could have been UNLV my senior year. And, you know, Kendall had a fast break and I just remember, you know, he running and dunk, and I still just get goosebumps around me. Yet. But it got so loud. And I think I think it was San Diego State because I think we we're up like 10 or 11 in the first quarter. We we're just killing it. And and just like the roar of the crowd and it just became like a dull roar. It was that loud. And it was just like it really is like and it was like hopefully it still is. But just like an unbelievable place to, you know, go out there and play every night. And And as I said, like there's nothing else like it. And, you know, we were super spoiled to have that opportunity to play, you know, and I'm, I'm sure the guys still today are spoiled, you know, playing however many fans are there in, in that arena with, you know, the love and passion they have for the game. So, you know, it, it, it really was something that, you know, I still cherish to this day and you can't even explain it when you're telling 
people about it and, yeah. you know, the environment and just like the love that, you know, the community gave to the team. Did you ever, I know you, you said it was the, to, to this day, maybe the best memories or best environment you've played in. Um, did you ever play in anything that was quite even close to it that like it was comparable? I mean, even internationally, the the uh, the arenas aren't as loud. Like, I mean, the stakes might be high, but like yeah, it yeah. wasn't as as loud or anything, right? No, no, it wasn't like that. And, and like you know, I played in like some good environments and for international stadiums, like good environments where you know there'll be you know fourteen thousand people at a game or something like that. But in terms of just like you know, the arena, how it's set up, how it's packed in like that. It's just like, and just the level of noise, you know, yeah. that you got from that and just how involved the fans were in the game. Um, yeah. And, and, um, and, and don't get me wrong, like some of the, you know, Euro places are, are crazy to a different degree in terms of, you know, singing and, and drums and, and, and whatnot. But just, yeah, I just think like, especially just, just the level of noise and just like, um, you know, and, and then you go through the list, right? And then, you know, then you had like, you know, there was one experience at BYU my freshman year, you know, when, you know, they were ranked number third and we went like, that was crazy. San Diego State was yeah, always was say, like. The show, yeah. um, I mean, they, they would yeah. give it to you guys every year. So, yeah, you guys were in a lot of those. I, I yeah. do think that 2012-13, so your junior season, right when you were really coming on strong at the end of your junior season is when I think people realized, you know, what might be ahead. Um, that was when. Um, it was eighteen thousand in Thomas and Max Center in the in the championship game of the Mountain West yeah. tournament. Yeah, yeah. Remember, boys to men singing the national anthem to start, and yeah. they had Anthony yeah, yeah. Bennett, and and that game was one of the the best moments I've ever been able to cover in terms of basketball. And it wasn't wasn't in the pit; the pit had plenty of them too. But yeah. that eighteen thousand Mountain West championship game was uh was a uh, pretty cool in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, and I definitely think that you know a lot of. Yeah, college fans or college coaches or college players are definitely, yeah, don't realize like, um, you know, regardless of if it's not what it was, like, you know, just how lucky they are to be playing and, you know, competing or, you know, coaching, whatever it is, uh, spectating in those type of environments. Because it does just create a different level of like excitement, electricity, yeah. to what you're doing. And yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, Cam, I'm going to let you kind of sign off with anything you might want to say about like when you're coming, you 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 will for sure or hopefully get to a, a Lobo game. You're, you're going to try and get to Albuquerque, right? I'll definitely, yeah, I'll definitely okay. make it out. And so, um, yeah, we'll keep it low key. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely um, yeah, make it out there at some stage and, yeah, and catch up. I, I will ask, you guys had nicknames, you and Alex, people were trying to come up with nicknames for you. Yeah. Do you and Alex still ever reminisce about the uh, – the list of nicknames that people were trying to come up with you guys. Yeah, there were some funny ones. I think I think the ones we we settled on were the vanilla skyscrapers yeah. were the funniest. But <laughs> that was the, that was the one I remember. The vanilla skyscrapers. Yeah, yeah, so, that was a good one. Awesome, yeah. Cam. I appreciate this, man. Good luck in your new ventures too. I, obviously, you staying around basketball. Hopefully, we'll uh, be able to cross paths um, down the road with this kind of stuff too. Thank you for taking the time, man. It's it's uh it's been a while, but I know Lobo fans are gonna be excited to hear from you, man. Yeah, and no, I appreciate your time, Jeff. And yeah, as you said, hopefully catch up soon. All right, well there you go. There was my conversation with Cameron Bearstow, the former Lobo basketball player, former professional basketball player. Good little catch up with uh with Cameron there on his professional career since he left UNM, but also on his decision to retire and what's next for him being a sports agent. Really appreciate him kind of talking about his uh, his relationship with his little brother, 
who is a senior now at Utah State. Unfortunately, the Lobos will not get to see Utah State visit the the pit this year. Uh, the Mountain West's unbalanced 18-game schedule in an 11-team league means every team misses playing a home game against one Mountain West opponent and misses playing one road game against one Mountain West opponent. Coincidentally, this year, Utah State is the one team that won't visit the pit in the Mountain West. So um, that eliminates Cam Bearstow getting to watch younger brother Sean Bearstow in the pit this season, which he he would have liked, I would have liked, a lot of people probably would have enjoyed, but uh didn't happen. So Cam Bearstow will get to a game in the pit this year. He will watch his younger brother up in Logan, Utah, and uh, that was that was fun to hear. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys are enjoying all these podcasts. Again, follow all our coverage in the Albuquerque Journal online and in print, abqjournal.com slash subscribe is how you can help out local journalism. You can help guarantee that we get to keep traveling to, to cover the Lobo basketball team, how you can keep ensuring that we have the resources to cover all the sports around the state of New Mexico and UNM sports in particular here in Albuquerque, but also this podcast and, and all the things we do online and in print is is done because people like you subscribe. So hopefully you can you can help out if, if you have an opportunity to help out local journalism. It's abqjournal.com slash subscribe. Again, all our coverage is on abqjournal.com slash sports. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you enjoy future ones. Let me know what you think. If you have any suggestions or any questions you want me to address myself or maybe ask future future guests on this podcast, podcast, please reach out. Let me know. I'm on Twitter all the time, at Jeff Grammer, or you can email me, ggrammer at abqjournal.com. Love to hear from you about this episode and all your suggestions for future episodes. Love the feedback. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>